Hey everybody, welcome to Big Dumb Monsters, episode 3, The Blob. I'm Nick. And I am Chris. And we are, uh, we're talking everybody's favorite space, gelatinous, uh, you know, amorphous villain uh, in today's episode. Yeah, government, uh, government issue slime. <laughs> the Blob episode, it's kind of all over the place. We We go off the rails pretty hard in this one, but... Yeah, only towards the end. We we stay we stay on topic for you know for the majority of the show. Yeah. Um, we focus primarily on the '88 remake of the Blob, uh, which I think is safe to say, in both of our opinions, is the superior uh, of the the Blob movies. I think it has to be. <laughs> it's not hard not to be. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, um, anyway, we we talk a little bit of trivia. Uh, actually, a lot of trivia in this one. Uh, yeah. We we introduce a new segment, uh, better known as, and and then we completely go off the rails for the crapshoot. That's right. <laughs> All right, guys, enjoy. Folks, we are gathered here today. Um, you know, if, if somebody was going to, I would say, try to guess what our, our next episode would have been after last week, um, I would say this creature probably not even in the top five of the guesses. Um, oh, shit, no. What's that? Oh, shit, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, still, like, kind of one of my personal favorites, though. Uh, not sure why that is. Uh, but anyway, we're here to talk about the blob. Um, the blob. Yeah. Beware of the blob. <laughs> it slips and flips and slides. <laughs> I've had that stuck. That song stuck in my head like since Wednesday, I think, when I saw it or Thursday. It's a fucking jam, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dun-a, 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 dun-a. Um, we kinda, we are not talking about that one. Yeah, as I say, we focused on the the '88 remake, um, which, in my opinion, is a better horror movie. Um, uh, you know, we'll get into that though. Um. Yeah, the, the 88 remake starring Kevin Dillon, uh, Shawnee Smith. Uh, they were like the main people. There was a, We'll get into this later also. There is a lot of people in this movie who you probably know from better roles in other movies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, it was it was fun, though. Like, I'm not... It's, it's one of those movies where I think I saw parts of it as a kid. I don't know that I ever sat through the whole thing. But watching it, it was definitely a fun horror movie it not a good horror movie <laughs> yeah yeah but fun um i had seen this a lot when it came out when i was a kid like in the early 90s and probably like the late 80s when it, when it first came out and then i probably hadn't seen this movie in like 15 years um until about two weeks ago so it was still like it was kind of fresh again you know i i remembered liking it a lot um but yeah i i, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie again i i I said this to you, like, I think this movie is criminally underrated as far as horror movies. I would have to agree with you because, you know, you talk to people, you go, oh, yeah, I watched The Blob. And they're like, why? Yeah. Because, like, well, first of all, the special effects were fucking awesome. 
Yeah, yeah. I, again, compared to the original, you know, thirty, oh, yeah. you know, thirty years earlier. Well, you also, you got to think like this was like the heyday of practical effects, like the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, like right, be- right before everything turned to CG. This is when you're getting like Stan Winston in his prime. Um, yeah, um, Rick Baker. Rick Baker. That's the other name I was fumbling for. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like the practical, you know, practical effects around now are like top of the game, like as good as they're going to get. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the, the original movie, like I said to you the other day, it's 80 minutes of people running away from a jello mold. <laughs> like, it, it really, and then like on, on top of the monster being kind of underwhelming, it's not really in the movie a whole lot until maybe the last 15 minutes. Well, that, I think that was a big part of, older movies is like they either overshowed it or they undershowed it. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that movie isn't so much of a monster movie. It's more like, I don't know if it's kind of commenting on communism, but it's more about paranoia because yeah. everybody seems to be kind of focused on the fact that Steve McQueen's characters, you know, Oh, he's lying. He clearly, he murdered this guy. He did all this. Um, and like, I mean, nobody believes him until the, you know, there's a giant blob eating people. Then like, Oh, okay. Okay, he didn't do it. Yeah. Fine. Oh shit! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and there's there's a little bit of that in the in the eighty eight remake with Kevin Dillon's character. He's like the you know the kid from the wrong side of the tracks. Um, yeah. Well, Steve McQueen's character, like that that actual character, isn't in the remake, right? There, it's um more of like the spirit of that character. Yeah, his name. Uh, I just had it up here for a second, but his name is something Flag, uh, and apparently. Uh, little shout out that's a nod to randall flag uh from uh, like the stand and stuff like that stephen king novels mm-hmm. um uh yeah it was uh brian flag brian flag there we go yeah yeah yep well I, th- I think i was i was reading uh reading up on it a little bit and i think they wanted to split that um uh steve mcqueen's character into both the the leads so i think there's a little bit of it in brian flag and then a little bit of it in meg penny Oh, okay, yeah, 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 kind of okay. Because the you know the 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 girl in the original one is really doesn't have much to do. She's just kind of there with Steve McQueen. Um, yeah. So yeah, she's the movie. She's your movie tits. <laughs> yeah, that's a pair yeah. of speaking tits for this movie. It's <laughs> <laughs> the way it used to be, man. Yeah. Like it, I can't help it. Hey, we didn't uh, we didn't run the Hollywood game. You know, we're just commenting. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, this I think the '88 version makes the Blob an actual, like, way more intimidating menace than it was, you know, in the first movie because it just oozes everywhere in the first movie and like, it just gets to a large enough size where it can overrun things. Whereas in this one, it has like abilities, like it's smart, it can you know change its shape and change its form. Yeah. Um, and actually, I really liked what they did with the with the Blob in the '88 version because it wasn't. Um. Yeah, it wasn't just like a rolling ooze. It it was it was clever in what it was doing. Like it was hiding in places and then sneak attacking people. And I mean, it wasn't like a brilliant monster or anything like that. But it was it was more clever than just yeah, the just... blob. Yeah, the blob. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> I had something there and now it's gone. You'll get it back. Yeah, it'll pop up in like 10 minutes after yeah. it's no longer relevant. 
probably all the weed. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, <laughs> uh, as far as the threat of the blob. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Some of the, um, some of the shots in this movie are like are, are absolutely amazing. One of the ones I think is probably the most memorable in the movie is the, um, the waitress in the phone booth. Uh, which, yeah. Yeah. She's calling the police. And then like, you just slowly see the blob, like kind of coming down from the sides, you know, on the outside of the phone booth until it eventually just envelops her and then like crushes the booth. And you see like the inside shot of the booth just folding and all the ooze pouring in. Yeah. That was a really good uh, special effects scene. Uh, the, I have, uh, I have some info on some of the special effects stuff oh, right. and it was, uh, mostly like one of the head guys that did it, but it was, uh, it was really, really good work. It was, um, Tony Gardner. Okay. And, <clears throat> and it does I, sound familiar. I think this, I think this is one of his, one of his first movies, mm-hmm. but he, he was like a, a lead guy. In um, 127 hours. Okay. The, the one with the rock party the, movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zombieland, Double Tap. Oh, all right. Uh, Hocus Pocus. Right. There was a lot of really fun stuff in that one. Yeah. He did. I guess he did all the all the uh, old old guy prosthetics for uh, Bad Grandpa with uh, Johnny Knoxville. Oh, okay. Right. Is that, yeah, is yeah. That what the? Is that that one? Yeah, yeah. Him and um, uh, Spike Jones, I believe. Yeah, and he did he did work with Daft Punk. All right. Um but I guess he he started um uh, with working on Thriller with uh Rick, Rick Baker. Baker yeah. Rick Baker was like the man on that one. And uh <clears throat> Tony Gardner was help who was like an assistant for him. So I mean, if you're going to start in the special effects world, there's no place better to start than under Rick Baker. Yeah, I, I that's or, how I know like that name. Then, um, I religiously watched the making of Thriller when I was a kid. I had it on. This is I'm going to date myself. I had it on Betamax. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Woof. Uh, and I, yeah, I watched that like probably once a day for years. Man. Yeah. But no, he 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 went on to do some really cool shit. Like he. Uh, he worked with uh, Sam Raimi on a couple of movies. He did, uh, he did the the Darkman prosthetics. Yes, another underrated. Uh, movie. He, oh yeah, he also and he also worked on Army of Darkness. All right. I'm uh, side note. I'm hyped for the new one. They they just started working on. What's that? They're working on a new Evil Dead. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I heard about that. Is it is it just another remake of Evil Dead? I don't think it's a remake. I, I think it's a continuation. I I don't know if this is true, but I thought I had heard at one point that they're working in the girl from the remake, too. Like okay. She's going to be a character, and along with Bruce Campbell. That could be fun. I mean, I actually enjoyed the, uh, the remake of Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah I thought it was really good. Some Some people really give me shit about that, but it was like a good fucking movie, man. Like you just gotta get you gotta get past the fact that it's a remake of a classic movie. The uh, I'm still and, and haunted. Let it, let it stand by uh, the scene where she has to like rip her hand off, basically. Like, oh uh, yeah, ugh, the bonus. That's, that's the out. most memorable scene in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it was fucking nasty. <laughs> anyway, that's another podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll do that one. <laughs> oh, and he also did a. Uh, 
he did the uh, animatronic half corpse for Return of the Living Dead. Oh, the you know it, uh, the pain, the pain. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So he's worked on a lot of really good shit. Yeah, that's a hell of a resume for sure. I am. Uh, I'm trying to think of other like, I, um, the scene in the sewer too is another one that gets me where the blob eats that kid. Yeah. And like he slides out like half digested. Like. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was fucking gross. <laughs> Actually, you know what? A lot of the a lot of the really cool scenes in this movie can be boiled down to that was really gross. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I um, but there were there were a lot of really good performances too. Like as much as um, Richard Ramirez, I mean uh, Kevin Dillon's character. <laughs> it, I honestly wonder like, if that was, was a con- cheesy, yeah, like choice to make him look like Richard Ramirez. Uh, I don't know, man. As I was, but that was that was not real hair. Yeah, that's what I was, yeah, I was reading up on this, and those were hair extensions. Like, and like that hairstyle is pretty much dead on, Richard Ramirez. Yeah, he had the look. Well, actually, it it wasn't like during his killing spree, scumbag Richard Ramirez. It was in jail after he was in jail for like a year and a half and got his teeth fixed, Richard Ramirez. Yeah, yeah. You know where he, where he was able to shower regularly <laughs> but i mean as far as the review of this movie i i can't recommend it enough it is truly i think one of my favorites uh just because you don't hear much. i think now it's finally getting a little bit of like it's due uh but for the longest time this movie just disappeared yeah uh, well it when it came out i think it was um kind of shit on the uh, like and it didn't I don't think it did really well. Yeah, I mean, it was a remake. Nobody, you know, this was before, you know, everything was a remake, basically. Uh, So people kind of weren't used to the idea. But it was it was part of the the like 50s movie remake trilogy of the 80s where you had the thing in what, 82? Was it 82? And then. uh, This came out in 88, so I think the fly came out first 86 or 86 is 85 or 86 i want to say 86 so yeah it's it's and then this pretty deal but the first two sorry the first two you had uh the the first two you had uh john carpenter directing which is not necessarily going to be a home run but it's (laughs) very likely it's going to be a home run yeah yeah i think and that one definitely was as I was reading stuff up on this, I want to say he said he had actually w- was approached to direct this also, and ended up not. Can you imagine how much? Can you imagine how much better the movie would have been? Oh man, would have been uh, good as John then... Carpenter's Vampires. <laughs> hey, I like that movie. <laughs> wow, but what I don't like is John Carpenter's Vampires Los Muertos. Oh, yeah. starring John, John Bon Jovi. <laughs> Oh, oh man. Uh oh, back on track though. Uh oh, but I was gonna yeah, say fly, I, 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 I that was Cronenberg, right? Was the fly Cronenberg? Yes, that is correct. Yeah. So that's you're gonna have a, a fucking gross ass movie, regardless. Um all and then this one where you had a lot of you kinda had a lot of nobodies in it. So I don't think it had a lot of like star power or or big names attached to it. So that that probably was what weakened it. In the box yeah, office. I mean, if Kevin Dillon and Shawnee Smith are your, your big names, like, you know, Johnny Drama and, like, 
I can't even yeah. think of the last thing Shawnee Smith was. I think she was in that Charlie Sheen sitcom. Ooh. Um, anger, not even the good one that everybody remembers. Anger management, the yeah. other, uh, you know, the the second one. Oh, uh, we'll we'll get into what what she's been in uh, <laughs> in a later in a later segment. <laughs> um, I was going to say about those three '80s remakes, all arguably better than their originals. Um. Yeah, they definitely are. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna try to make an argument for the fly, but. I mean, it's it's a two completely different movie. I mean, like one's a, it, yeah, like it's a campy horror movie, and the other one is you know this gritty, just dark, like just brutal yeah. sci-fi. Yeah, it really is. Like the 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 body horror aspect of it, yeah. it just really pushes it over the top, which is what you get with Cronenberg anyway. Yeah, like I don't I don't know that I've ever seen one of his movies that I wasn't. Um, I'm not gonna say grossed out because it, it's kind of hard to gross me out, but like. You get that feeling of unease. Yeah, slightly you're disturbed. Looking at, you're looking at something that, like, the human body isn't supposed to do that, but here it is doing that. I want to say the last Cronenberg movie I saw was Existence with, like, the fleshy Xbox controllers. Yes. Yeah. It was, that was disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a skin-wrapped video game controller. Uh, <laughs> oh. Uh, oh. I do love Cronenberg. Moving on, do you, what do you want to do next? Do you want to go on to the trivia, or, or I, I always forget what what I have. Like I can remember seventy five percent of the segments of this show at any given time. Not necessarily <laughs> Not the order. same. Yeah, three of the four either. <laughs> oh, it's uh, we do the review, and then the trivia, there and then the crapshoot. Yeah, yeah, okay. There's three segments. I thought there was four. <laughs> how about how about we add add one more little part to uh, the review? All right, you you got to give it a star rating. All one right. through one through ten, that gives a lot of wiggle room. Uh, as f- overall enjoyment, I would say, for me, I would say like a seven point five. Um, it's okay. not the greatest movie in the world, but I, I, I don't know. This like everything clicks for me in this movie. I just really, really dig this movie. Just checks checks a lot of boxes. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna be in the same range. I'd probably give it like a like a seven. Yeah. Just uh, because it's it's a really a really fun horror movie. Like it's it's a it's a romp. Yeah, like it is. When you think of eighties horror, it has like all the tropes. It has, I mean, just everything about the era is like in this movie. I think it's just a, a perfect like representation of it. Sure. All right. Um. Well, moving on to the trivia. Hell yeah! Let's get that trivia home. <laughs> Not to bother you with trivia. I used to think they were kind of trivial. Uh, I mentioned before that Brian Flagg is a nod to Randall Flagg from the Stephen King books. That's that's pretty interesting. Like completely not anything, you know, the characters not anything like each other, but okay, sure. I guess um, at some point they had approached uh, Chad McQueen, uh, Steve McQueen's son, to play that role. Uh, and he turned it down. Uh, he's like, I don't want to do anything that was associated with my dad. I'm sure that was a great career move, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can I can see why he wouldn't want to do yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I, I can understand, I, like, not you know, <clears throat> wanting, wanting to, like, ride his dad's coattails, but I don't think he would have been. That would have been more like an homage, because it's a completely different character. Like, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I just think that was not a great move. <laughs> but, hey, what do I know? Yeah. 
Who the fuck is Chad McQueen anyway? I want to say he was one of the Steve lackeys in like the Karate Kid, one of like Johnny's lackeys. He may oh, have God. been in like one or two other eighties. You know what? To the internet. Yeah. Uh yeah, I want to say he was in like one or two other eighties things, but like, hey man, having the blob on your resume couldn't have hurt. Yeah. Um. Well, it could have, <laughs> I guess. Uh, let's see, Chad McQueen. Uh, what does Chad McQueen do for a living? Not boding well for his film career right there, that question. No, probably not acting. Using the Karate Kid, Karate Kid Part 2. Yeah, he was one of the one of like the Cobra Kai lackeys. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, his last movie looks like it was in 2001. Fall, The Price of Silence. We all remember that one, don't we? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have that on DVD, Blu-ray, uh, HD DVD, and I bought a digital copy. <laughs> Using V, the TV series. Yeah, but so was everybody else. <laughs> uh, the oh, I was going to say, the blob's on his record. It's because he turned down the blob. That's why, dumbass. <laughs> uh, yarp. Uh, what else have we got on there? Oh, I've, I've got a list right in front of me. Oh, let's, let's start breaking that out. Shit, yeah. All right. Well, let's start with the budget of this film. I did see that. It was $19 million estimated. I saw somewhere that uh, about $9 million of it went to the, the special effects. Yeah, yeah I, I see is, that also. Which, yeah. is probably, which is probably why they had the, the, the actors that they had, because they were on the cheaper side. <laughs> um, but it says here, uh, gross U.S. and Canada, it made $8.2 million. And gross worldwide was about the same. Ooh, so it bombed. Um, yeah, it didn't didn't do too good. Uh, it didn't. I mean, it only lost, you know, to like two and a half million dollars. That's that's not atrocious, I guess. Yeah. For for that style of movie, I think probably just probably made back that money. You know, between like rentals and sales uh, and video. Yeah, I mean, after after it did its theatrical run, it would have probably made it back up on VHS sales because you know back then you know a a tape was what like sixty to a hundred. Yeah, like a hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. Goddamn eighties. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we got here. Oh, oh, this is a fun one. The partially dissolved but still alive soldier was performed by stuntman Noble Craig, a triple amputee who lost both legs, an arm, and an eye serving in Vietnam. Yeah, that was uh, another one of those scenes like, well, that was gross. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a, I, and now I know how they did it. I thought for sure that was like a, like an effect, but no, that was a person. Damn, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, you ready for this one? Yeah. This is going to this is going to gross out everyone. Okay, so a lot of the blob, like the, well, the blob's like slime, nasty snail trail, mm-hmm. is made out of methicel, which is slippery and a thickening agent for milkshakes. Oh. So enjoy your fucking McDonald's milkshakes, you gross motherfuckers. It's made from the blob. It's made from the blob. Um, 
having worked at a McDonald's in my teen years, I can't imagine that shit smells good after it's been sitting out like on a movie set all day. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, under the under the lights. Yeah. Just cooking away. Oh, like drying up and getting all sticky and gross. Like ugh. nasty. <laughs> Oof. Uh ooh, there's here's another here's another money fact. Oh, let's hear it. It was it was released 30 years after the original blob and had an estimated budget that was almost 80 times the original. <laughs> Having watched the original blob this week, I, I believe that. <laughs> Yeah, not hard to not hard to rationalize it. <laughs> I mean the the greatest special effect in that movie is making everybody believe Steve McQ- uh, Steve McQueen's a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> Why does this guy got crow's feet? Yeah, he's got like that like just that look of like a fifty year old smoker with like the tan skin and like, <laughs> oh yeah. Shit, yeah, you know all the stuff that made him a handsome, you know, well respected fucking actor. <laughs> Does not make him a teenager. I gotta get up for school in the morning, like while he's like dragging on a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he's seventeen. So I already got a smoker's cough. Stinks yeah. <laughs> like whiskey. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say this was filmed in Louisiana. I, I thought for sure this would have been like upstate New York or something like that, or Western New York. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just from like the look yeah, of the town, all the. All the the foliage and all that stuff like it looked very northeastern yeah. or you know or northwestern like I, I could have seen it in like a like a washington state or something like that too yeah it was, it was apparently supposed to be in colorado the, uh, the, okay. the setting you know not the actual film. i can see it yeah like the the uh like that intro football scene it looked it looked like a like a fall in New York. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, just yeah. I mean, down to the look of the town. I can tell you, like, how many like small towns I've been through around here that look exactly like that. Absolutely. Yeah, it could have been like fucking Steventown. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, Chuck Russell, the uh, the director, is apparently a big advocate of storyboarding shots in advance. So, it, there there are certain directors that like they'll storyboard an entire movie yeah every single them, thing basically make a, a graphic yeah. novel of the comic for of the movie pretty much yeah. but i guess he got this idea what like he was um he gate crashed universal studios when hitchcock was still there mm-hmm. and like i guess he broke into alfred hitchcock's office and he was working uh, like he broke in and, and Hitchcock was there working with storyboard artists. So he was like, Oh, I guess that's how you do it. So I'm going to steal that idea. And if you're going to steal something from Hitchcock, I guess setting up scene work is the, the one to yeah, do. Yeah. His work ethic, I guess is a good, is a good thing yeah. to steal. And not how you treat your actors, <laughs> especially the women. Um, I just came he across. He was awful. Yeah. Ask Tippy Hedren. <laughs> uh, I just came across an interesting one. You know, in the scene, um, I think it's in the doctor's office where the one, uh, the dude that uh, Meg is dating gets killed by the blob and like he's, she finds him and like, he's underneath it. They did not yeah. tell her that that was going to be, he was really going to be underneath the, the underneath the blob. They, they, she thought it was going to be just like an effect, like a dummy or something. Um, yeah. So when she, she like screams in the movie, that's a real scream. Like she didn't, 
she had no idea there was gonna be like he was actually gonna be in the thing. Uh, oh, yeah, they did that on purpose. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh can we can we point out how awesome it is that they set him up to be one of the main character survivors and killed him off real fucking early <laughs> in that Immediately, <movie>. yeah. <laughs> That was awesome. I did not expect that at all. <laughs> you know, because because he's like the good guy. So you would you would kind of expect like the the last girl, the bad boy, and the good guy all to make it to the end, and they chopped him right the fuck out of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because you knew that his his kind of scumbag friend with the with the bar in his trunk, you knew he was gonna die. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that dude. Oh uh, yeah. You know, I, the whole time I was th- I was watching that scene where he's making like the drinks. Think about how like yeah, he's got how like he got the electric mixer in the back. Yeah, think about how like disgusting a mess there is after making like <laughs> one round of drinks, especially when you've yeah. got like chopped up fruit and shit. Like he's putting <laughs> <laughs> that trunk must just fucking stink and just have so many flies. Like. It probably smells like a frat house. <laughs> like it's just, it's just like cocktail napkins and jizz everywhere. <laughs> like roofies, probably. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> it's another hallmark of eighties teen movies. The, the the like the inappropriate like uh you know girl passed out and like horny boyfriend scene. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There's oh here let me just. Let me just touch where I'm not. Oh yeah, dead. <laughs> oh, that was that was a fun one. It just, like sucked his hand right in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like he just completely hollowed her out from the inside. Yeah, I didn't expect that, but I loved it. <laughs> um. Ooh, the uh, the motorcycles used by Kevin Dillon. Uh. Are Triumph motorcycles, uh, specifically a a tiger and a tiger cub, um, and I think they use those as a nod to Steve McQueen because he was a big uh, Triumph motorcycle fan. Yeah, didn't I want to say? Didn't he use that in the uh, the Great Escape? I think so. Yeah, but I know his like his like personal motorcycles were Triumphs. Huh. Um, do we want to, you know, in the interest of moving along, move on to the, uh, better known as segment, the new better known as segment. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> um, this, you know, you were saying a little while ago that they, you know, they clearly didn't spend a lot of money on the actors in this movie because there's a lot of nobodies. Um, mm-hmm. they were nobodies at the time. Uh, yeah, they didn't stay that way. Yeah. A lot of the people in this movie you have seen in many other movies, um, Sorry, I'm going back to the actual cast page. Um, most notably, I mean, for the first one I noticed was Jeffrey DeMunn, uh, who plays like the sheriff. He was Dale in uh, The Walking Dead. He, I think he's in like almost every single Frank Darabont movie. Uh, I, I believe they're friends in real life. Well, that would make sense. Yeah. Then, yeah. Um, you know, Kevin Dillon and Shawnee Smith, oh, yeah, they were big 80 stars. Um Del Close, he's in a lot of movies. He is a hold on, wait, hold on, wait, wait. wait. I gotta ask you. So, saying that Kevin Dillon is a big eighty star, <laughs> what the fuck else was he in? Uh, the Blob and uh-huh. the Blob. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> Let me see. Hold on. Matt Dillon <laughs> was more of the bigger, uh, the bigger star. Uh, he is so well known. I think just for being Kevin Dillon. He's in the Doors. He was in Platoon. Uh, Who the fuck was he in Platoon? Uh, Bunny. Oh, yeah. And he was in the Delta Force. The Chuck Norris movie? Yeah. Uh, let me just double check that. Because <laughs> it says the Delta <laughs> Force. Yeah, Chuck Norris, Lee Marvin. Oh, god damn. He was in a Tales from the Crypt. I don't remember that one. Uh, I just know that he was in The Blob, and then he was in Entourage. House of Horror. Hold on. Is this... Oh, Is that the one with the reporter? No, that's what I thought. I thought it was the one with Morton Downey Jr. where he goes into the haunted house. That one fucking scarred me for life. Oh, yeah, where he turns around and the, the guy with the camera is uh, supposed to be following him and is like... I don't know. It was like the monster. Yeah, like in the end, I remember he shit. runs yeah. out the window and like there's like a noose around his neck as he jumps. Yeah. Uh, three pledges for a fraternity on a probation run by a soft-spoken leader and his two sidekicks are visited by a beautiful young sorority gal who's looking for a flat pledge. Uh, excuse me, a frat to pledge her own. Uh, this is like the world's worst run-on sentence. Sorority ends up okay. tagging along with pledges to advance. I vaguely remember this, like. It's a bunch of like uh, frat kids, like in a in a haunted house. I vaguely remember that. Yeah, I've seen a lot of Tales from the Crypt episodes. I want to say I saw all, them all when they were originally on. They they kind of blur together after a while. Yeah, yeah, and um, I fucking wish those were more available to watch. I don't even think they're available anywhere to watch. Uh, uh streaming. I don't know. They, you know, you know where they should be. Shutter, HBO Max. Or, yeah, definitely HBO Max. I think there's some kind of weird rights lawsuit. That's why it's not available anywhere. Like everybody yeah. involved is I know they, suing everybody else. They're available on DVD. That's about it. Yeah. But I don't really want to spend that much. I don't even think I have anything that plays DVDs anymore. Woof. Uh, but yeah, that, oh, God damn. I, we could do a whole series of shows on that fucking show. Yeah. I loved that show. Uh, anyway. Me too. I, I started watching that long before I should have been watching it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, think, one of the, I think the first couple episodes I saw, I was in, like, ooh, kindergarten. Yeah, it came out in 89, so I was 10 years old. And I definitely, yeah. I remember, I think I watched the first one with my dad. Uh, and I, 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 I was religiously there every week when it was on. Oh, so good. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> Kevin Dillon was in a couple of things. You may have heard of him. Um, Shawnee Smith was in uh, Who's Harry Crumb? She was in Saw 2, 3, and 4. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. I think that's, I think that's what most people are going to know her for right now. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Uh, uh, Shawnee Smith. <clears throat> yeah, Anger Management. Uh, she was the... Uh, She's in the Lollipop Chainsaw video game. Oh, yeah, that was... <laughs> it's like the third reference I've, I've heard to that game this week, though. That's weird. Saw The Grudge 3. Ooh, she was in a 30 Days of Night TV movie. 
Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know they made that. Dust to Dust TV miniseries. I was I was upset that I had gone and seen the original movie. <laughs> I love the original book. Yeah. I, uh, it was super good. I had to read that for college actually. Excuse me. Yeah, we, that was that was an assigned reading in uh, one of my college classes. That's that's pretty wild. Yeah. I, I told that to uh, to Steve Niles when I met him once, and he was like blown away by that. He's like, "That's so awesome!" That is that's pretty rad. I chose to read Mouse. Oof, that's the... uh, for yeah. <laughs> not exactly a picture. Yeah, not exactly a picture. No, yeah. that was rough, but it was cool. <laughs> We're doing a doing an English assignment on it. But... Um. The one of the guys in this movie that I absolutely I'm gonna say if you're listening to this podcast, you don't know his name, you 100% know who he is, though. Uh, and that's Paul McCrane. Uh, Shit, yeah, yeah, he you know him 100% as the dude from Robocop who gets melted at the end, yeah, you know, the guy that sounds like this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the trivia facts I found was that, um uh, Chuck, uh, the director of crap, his name eludes me right now. Oh, come on. You can do it. You can do it. Uh, can I get back to the, oh, you're going to cheat. It's Chuck Russell. Chuck Russell. Damn bitch. it. Damn it. He, uh, him and Frank Darabont just referred to him as the melty guy. <laughs> <laughs> like on set. That's fair. <laughs> uh, other people who showed, uh, uh, what's her name? The girl in the car that we were just talking about in the, the scene with the with the dude with the bar in his trunk. That's Erica Alaniac. You know her from the Steven Seagal classic, Under Siege. <laughs> she was also on Baywatch, the original Baywatch. Was she one of the... She was one of the two Playboy Playmates in the movie, wasn't she? There was only one. She was the only Playboy Playmate in the movie. Oh, I thought there were two. Oh, in, in the blob. Yeah, there were two in the blob. I thought you meant, yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought you meant Under Siege. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, just Steven Seagal and Playboy Playmates. Yeah, um, yeah. The other one was uh, Julie McCullough, uh, who or Cullough, I don't know how you pronounce that. Um, who was married to Kirk Cameron? Oh, that's unfortunate. Noted Jesus freak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's trying to convert her. <laughs> well, you know who one of the one of the ones I was excited to learn about was actually Bo Billingsley. Oh, Billings. Who played who played Moss? Oh, okay, yeah. The the mechanic. That that dude does voice work for like everything, but specifically, he's Jet Black in Cowboy Bebop. Oh, no, I just saw that. That's awesome. Yeah, he did a ton of Naruto voices and a ton of video games and stuff. But come on, man, it's, it's Jet Black. He's in a lot. Ace Combat Super Seven, cool. Fallout seventy six, Red Dead Redemption two. Yeah. Man. So like this guy, this guy's like you've heard his voice a million times. <laughs> Final Fantasy Seven. I in watching that movie, I was actually convinced they got him because they couldn't afford Carl Weathers. <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> this is, yeah, Carl Weathers because he's, he's just got that time. same like. He's got a bit of the same look. He's got that same demeanor that Carl Weathers plays in all of his old 80s movies. <laughs> um, somebody I was going to mention before was Del Close. He played the priest uh, who has the little tiny like bloblets in the jar. 
He's oh yeah. yeah, he's like a he's in a lot of movies, but he's like a legendary uh improv actor. Um uh, a lot of people kind of like were his disciples, the biggest one probably being Bill Murray. He was a huge uh like Del Close uh kind of follower. Really? Yeah. Uh this is an interesting fact about him. Apparently after he died, he left his skull to his theater company because he wanted to play Yorick. <laughs> which was a That's... an episode of Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> Hell yeah, it was. The one with John Lovitz and um Oh shit, I forget who the who the other person is, but it's like two actors and they're like going up for a role and they're like they're they're like they're really competitive. And I want to say John Lovitz like kills the other guy and he ends up getting the role. And then he finds out the role is Yorick and like the theater company is like a, a it's like an asylum really like and like it's all the mental patients have like taken over. Yes. <laughs> God damn. It all comes back to Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> uh let's see who else we got. Uh Ooh, Bill Mosley. Yes, that's a big one. Any 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 hardcore horror fans are gonna definitely know who Bill Mosley is. He was uh Otis in House of Thousand Corpses, uh, Devil's Rejects, Three from Hell, but also Chop Top in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Um, but he's been in like a million fucking B-rate horror movies. Like he's 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 B-rate movie royalty is, is basically <laughs> who Bill Mosley is. I like I'm I'm looking through his, his IMDb and like holy lord. But like the the best part is like in this movie he's soldier number two. He's just some dude in the background. Yeah, dude goes on to be a legend. I've been scrolling like forever, and I'm only up to 2015. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's got like 150 credits or something. Uh, Night of Living Dead short. Still only at 2010. Yeah. He works a lot. <laughs> Repo, the genetic opera. I uh, I only saw that once. That seems to be like a big cult movie, but that there's definitely a cult following yeah. for that movie. Yeah. It didn't do much for me. Yeah, I like I enjoyed it, but I uh, I'm still. He was in Halloween, the Rob Zombie remake, Days of Our Lives. Yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> Not phone. that long ago, if I remember correctly. Uh, 2007, 2006. Yeah. Carnival. I don't even remember him in that. I never saw it. It's always on my, like, I kind of want to watch this list, but yeah. I'm always, I'm always turned off by the fact that they canceled it before they could end it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Eh, it was like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> it was just like, there was too many mysteries and none of them got wrapped up by the time the show ended. So it's just yeah. not exactly a uh, fulfilling. He was fucking Johnny in night of the living dead remake. I did not know that. I have seen that movie really? dozens upon dozens of times. And I did not know that. Shit, man. Holy hell. He's an oh, army of darkness. That... Was he? He's dead eyed captain. No fucking way. Yeah. I, I missed that one. 
Anyway, uh, I think the last one we've got is is probably the the guy you've seen in more than more movies than anybody else on this list, and that is Art Lafleur. Yes, and he played the guy that played the pharmacist, professional angry dad. Yeah. <laughs> also, I think I think what most people are really gonna know him from is he's the guy that played Babe Ruth in the Sandlot. Yes. Yeah. And then he shows up as a ghost and talks to the kid. That's right. Yeah. But you've you've seen him in pretty much everything from the eighties and nineties. I, I, I think he's got a, a a credit in every movie that's ever been fucking made. Cobra. <laughs> um he was on Key and Peel. Wow. Ace Ventura. Oh, I'm like I don't remember him in Ace Ventura. It's Ace Ventura Peck Detective Junior. No, no. Woof. Woof. He was in the Speed Racer movie. Yeah, he was the dad, wasn't he? Uh, it says uh, Fuji announcer as Art Lafleur. Oh, okay. No, who the fuck was the dad in that? I don't remember. I saw it once, and it seemed like a fever dream. <laughs> Oh, he was on Angel. I I actually remember him. Boy Meets World. Best of the Best Four. Good God. (laughs) I almost watched the first Best of the Best the other day. Yeah, that hit Netflix not that long ago. Yeah. But it it was up there as like... uh, I want to say I ended up watching under... Like everyone's watching or whatever. It was like, (laughs) who the fuck is watching Best of the Best? (laughs) I ended up watching Under Siege that day, coincidentally. I don't know that you made a, a mistake or a better choice. You know what? I will say that was, uh, I mean, I watched it a lot when I was a kid. I haven't seen it in a long time. That was a decent movie. Steven Seagal aside. <laughs> Man, he's a tool. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved his movies when I was a kid. Yeah. I think that's. I think that's why he still has a career is because everybody loved him when they were kids. <laughs> you just get to that you point. Just watch like, him now. It's just like, God damn what it. What the hell am I doing? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, like I said, there's a lot of, you know, nobodies at the time who went on to do, you know, much, much bigger stuff. You know what we've got to do? The crapshoot. Crapshoot. Um, yeah, like, you know, I mean, as, as far as this movie, it, like, I think we both have said this at some point during this podcast, it's not the greatest movie, but fuck, is it fun to watch? Yeah, and, and, and I think that's an important part of horror movies that a lot of people forget. Yeah, they don't have to uh, be, like, great films, they just have to be, like, enjoyable to, you know, sit through. Yeah, if you can watch it and go, oh, shit, yeah. or, you know, like, something like that. Then you're you're on the right track to to having a really enjoyable movie. Uh, I and don't get me wrong, I love you know super scary you know dark tone movies. You know, like I just watched Conjuring three recently. I need to rewatch like the and, last seventy five percent of that movie. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was decent. You know, like they they set a, a decent tone. The pacing was really fucking weird though. Yeah, but. It was it was more like the first Conjuring than the second one. The second one was dog shit, <laughs> but the first one was like everything that I want 
in like a, a haunting slash possession movie. Yeah. They they did it like perfectly. The the tone was perfect, the pacing was perfect, the the scares were perfect. I, uh, Everything was timed out wonderfully. The one of the scenes that like always will stick with me in that movie is the the wardrobe scene where the mom's like the hand clap. Yeah, the yes. hands just come out and then go back in. Like what the fuck? So good, and you know, like not a super crazy like jump scare, but disturbing. You yeah, know? like that's that's more my my scene. <laughs> but yeah, the this uh. This one checked all those like really fun to watch. Yeah, horror if it's movies, like a Friday or you know? Saturday night, you're just looking for you know, like a good horror movie, good monster movie, just something you can put on and you know you know you're gonna enjoy it. This yeah, is your I movie. Think it's, I think it's what people refer to as like a popcorn movie. Yes. Yeah. Where you you just sit and you have a good time and and you watch it. Like I could watch this one with my kids and like they might be a little more freaked out than than I would be, but it wouldn't like traumatize them. Yeah, I mean I was nine when this came but out, they so would, I was watching it, you know, around that. They would age. get that good, like yeah, that good horror movie vibe. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know if there's anything else to be said. I'm trying to think. We we really covered a lot. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like uh, I still can't get over Kevin Dillon's fucking wig. <laughs> it's... He does have a it's, very, very stereotypical like '80s bad boy look. It, yeah. <laughs> you know what though? Like I'm gonna say it. My dad had the same haircut in the '80s. <laughs> I could show you pictures, and you would go, "Yeah, that's, that's it. That's the guy. That's the Dylan." <laughs> yep, he's got, he's got the Dylan. <laughs> so yeah, I, I uh. I liked it. You know, I, I, like I said earlier, I, I had seen parts of this movie when I was a kid. Yeah. But never really like, never really followed through on like, oh yeah, I got to watch the blob until. Yeah. Because I think most people's impressions of it are, are, you know, informed by the original one, which, you know, it's not a, uh, well, it is a bad movie, but it's still an influential movie. I mean, like if, if you're a horror fan, it's something you should see, you know, just to, you know, for the historical aspect of it, I guess, to see like, sure, you know, where, you know, its influences kind of went, you know, throughout the ages. Um, I imagine, I imagine that when it came out, it wasn't regarded as like what we think of it now, because we've got these like jaded lenses that we're watching it through. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was some, it, and then, you know, it was something completely new and different. You know, they, you know, they weren't used to the effects that we're used to. So this little blobby thing, you know, quote unquote, slipping and sliding across the floor, <laughs> yeah, uh, would be entertaining. And, uh, God damn, that theme song is catchy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, the five blobs, my dude. <laughs> oh, by the way, anybody that doesn't know, the the original Blob had a theme song called the Blob, and the the band that they like the studio band or whatever that they got to together to record this they called the five blobs <laughs> so it's the theme song to the blob is called the blob recorded by the five blobs and it sounds like something you would hear like at the tiki room at disney world <laughs> like yeah it it has a it has a very like monsters adams family kind of vibe yeah it. like the like the 50s like 
you know, recreational cocktail dad, like Calypso, like, you know. Oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. <laughs> Not what you would expect from a, from a horror movie theme song. It really took me by no. surprise. Dun-dun-dun, <laughs> dun-dun-dun, dun-dun, dun-dun. Like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah. A cha-cha-cha. Like, <laughs> yeah, because I don't, I just I don't think they understood setting a tone in in those days. They were just like, yeah, this kind of music is popular. This works. <laughs> it's instead of going for like, you know, like the, the something that would it's fit. Theme. They just went with <laughs> yeah. They just went with something that's like, oh, everybody knows this style Ba-ba. of music. Ba-ba. Ba-ba. Like, oh wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, yeah. Go see the 88 Blob. You know, if you've got the time, yeah, check out the other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you got nothing going on, <laughs> you're like, if you're like bedridden, maybe. Yeah, I don't necessarily think I would have gotten around to the Blob if it wasn't for quarantine. To tell you the truth, <laughs> even though we're right at the tail end of it, you know, I'm still in the, this mode where I'm just filling time by watching movies. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, like, it's 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 a weird experience doing this because, like, I now set myself up with something that I need to watch instead of flipping through all these streaming services or, or movies that I have. I'm like, OK, I have this laser focus now. I need to watch this movie so I can talk about it. But I can't just watch it once because then I won't yeah. really know what the hell I'm talking about. So I got to watch it like two times. <laughs> I have purpose. I, yeah. I I like having that because you don't have to go through that weird ritual like you just said of like, okay, I've got all these windows open of each of my screaming services like, just okay, I, I'm gonna if I if I settle on this, this is what I'll watch here. If I settle on this, this is what I'll watch here. Like, yeah, I did that last you night. Do like fucking movie roulette. <laughs> yeah, I ended up, I ended up I started watching. We're completely off of the blob at this point, but who cares? It's a podcast. Yeah, I, it's the crap. Yeah, I started watching that movie uh, Infinite. Uh, it was like the new like Mark Wahlberg movie. He was all pissed off because it didn't come out in a movie theater. It came out on Paramount. Yeah. I got maybe 30 seconds into it. And I'm like, I just have no desire to watch. It's it's just it was like a ripoff of every like. It's a ripoff of like uh, that Netflix movie, The Old Guard. Uh, I don't know if he's. Okay. Yeah, where they're like, like these immortal warriors and yada yada. Like there's like two or three movies yep. all with that same kind of premise like out right now. And like. That's just, it seems like another one. And then, like, uh, nope. I ended up watching Streets so of Fire. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, so it's a good thing that it didn't come out in theater. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell did I watch last night? I'd never seen Streets of Fire before. I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. In all its oh, I started watching, uh, I started watching Fist of the North Star last night. <laughs> oh, wow. The, the 90s live action one? No, 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 no. Oh, the, the, the the 80s one that was like right in the middle of the series okay so like it starts and you have no idea what the fuck is happening <laughs> i just remember the game boy game uh that came out uh for that like oh that was so bad yeah. <laughs> and that movie the live action movie was so bad yeah. <laughs> i watched a lot of that i want to say that was like an like hbo was... like thursday night prime movie like back in the 90s in case anybody doesn't know, Thursday Night Prime was when HBO showed all, showed all their like steamy action movies, like starring like you know Ken Wall or like Michael Pere or um, <laughs> God, who's another one? 
uh, uh, who played the Highlander in the TV show? Oh, uh, Adrian. Shit. Something. Yeah. He was another one of those yeah. like eighty, like Thursday Night Prime guys. Yep. Uh, there were a bunch of uh, there were a bunch of movies that that actually turned out decent from those, but uh, the vast majority of them were. <laughs> not great <laughs> i think lance hendrickson was in a few of those yes uh stone cold starring brian bosworth oh yeah. there's an undercover the yeah, undercover biker yeah <laughs> see I'll, I'll still watch that now that was that, that movie was important to me i i watched that i want to say within the past like two years or so and like i i enjoyed it <laughs> <laughs> it's just hard not to find something in that movie that that you like it's and it's just like a it's a completely mindless cop movie with bikers it's, yeah there's nothing smart or clever about it there's not bikers really witty dialogue and fighting <laughs> yeah it's just it's just a dumbass action movie it's it's fun to watch Oh, but I. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, I think this is. A... I think we've 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 bullshit on enough. <laughs> this has been our uh, amorphously topic uh, <laughs> episode three. Like, in, yeah, we definitely in honor of the blob. You know, we have to like. Yeah, we we blob. <laughs> yeah, it. stretch outside of our boundaries towards the end here a little bit. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening, folks. Uh, we'll be back very soon uh, to talk with an all new monster. Hell yeah. Bye-bye. Beware of the blob, it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor, right through the door and all around the wall. A splotch, a blotch, be careful of the blob. Hey, everybody. This is Nick. Uh, just checking in at the end of the episode to say thank you for listening to these first few. Uh, I know the recording quality is a little shaky, but uh, they get better, I promise. But please check us out at, on uh, our socials. We are on Twitter at dumb underscore monsters. We're on Facebook at uh, Big Dumb Monsters Pod. Uh, you can email us uh, with any comments, questions, concerns, criticisms, uh, suggestions for movies. That'd be cool. Uh, Big Dumb Monsters at gmail.com. And please check out our website, www.bigdumbmonsterspodcast.com. All right. Thanks, guys.